Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Birdon Bears fans, appreciate you guys for tuning in and rocking with us for another episode of the Windy City Breeze Daily Sports Talk. Yes, we are a little bit later in the day today because the 53-man roster dropped and wanted to make sure that we were able to get uh, a couple of post uh, post practice pressers in as the Bears practiced at 4.30 today. So we'll hear from Coach Flus. We'll hear about the 53-man roster. We'll hear about, uh, I think, Tevin Jenkins spoke as well. So we'll hear from him as well and uh, give our breakdown of what the 53 looks like, where this Bears team is, where they're heading, and all that and more. Before we drop the intro, make sure y'all drop them Birdons in the chat Let's go. Appreciate you guys for tuning in and rocking with your boy. As always, man, it's your boy, Pat, the designer, back at it again. Please hit that like button, subscribe to the page. It's the only channel talking bears out, bears talk. So make sure that you get in tune with us, man. First things first, shout out to everybody in the chat. We got Kenyon in the chat already dropping the bird down. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I got I to gotta get this live chat right. Hold on now. I don't even got y'all uh, got us so I can hear or see y'all. Or not, not that, but so I can see y'all comments on the screen. Let's try this again. Uh, boom, there we go. We got Kenyon in the chat with the Bear Don. Dan Payton in the chat with the Bear Don. Love the name. Calvin saying, what's up, Breeze? Torian in here dropping the Bear logo in this mug, man, saying he's Bear strong out here. Shout out to Torian. We got out. Uh, who else we got up in this mug, man? M-Man in the building with the Bear Don Breeze Nation. Appreciate the love on that one, man. Man, let's jump into this. Let's get into this 53-man roster talk, where the Bears are going, where this team is heading, all that and more. Man, and we started off by hearing from Coach Flus. Coach Flus was at the podium today, uh, basically spoke on, um, you know, the cutdowns, who he felt like should have been, uh, or not who he felt like should have been a part of the team, what the process was, getting guys in, um, bringing guys into to the room, and just kind of dealing with them, and s- trying to get some guys back on the practice squad. So let's go out to Coach Flus at the podium and hear what he had to say today. A wide range of ages, and you know, obviously positions and where they are in their life. And I think that's, uh, I want to just say thank you to those guys because they were all professional. Uh, they all loved uh, being part of the of what we're doing and they were excited about being part of that and that didn't happen for them today. Um, so, but again, you know, some of those guys will get a chance to add to the practice squad, which will, which would be great. Um, so we're looking forward to that. So definitely that. So, and I also want to thank the uh, personnel department, the coaches, um, everybody involved with this process because, you know, we started back way back you know, it's the start of training camp, having these personnel meetings and talking about, you know, various, you know, players and, you know, what their, their skill sets are and what they do for our football team. And, you know, that's a process to go through that, to figure out, you know, what we're going to do at the offensive line, for say, you know, and then receiver and all the positions that we had uh, to work through. And we, I thought we did a really good job working together on that. So I just want to thank the coaches um, and the personnel department. Um, and then going forward, you know, when we look to add players, you know, we're looking at, you know, guys that we could potentially claim, you know, guys we can add. And that's a year-long process that, that we go through um, to always improve our roster. Um, we're always going to be obsessed with that. We're always going to look for guys that have the, the traits we're looking for, the long, speed, athletic, striking-type players um, that we want to have on our roster. So we're always going to look to improve that. Um, you know, in terms of the, uh, you know, anything injury-wise, you guys know that the injury report officially comes out next Wednesday on September 7th. So everything else is day-to-day uh, until that point, and then we'll work from there. And I believe uh, that's well, all I have right now. I'll open up to questions. Receiving core specifically, you obviously have to balance long-range plans with the urgency of playing a game. And right. Where are you at right now with that, given the number of unhealthy bodies and the number of 
Yeah, we feel good. We feel good where we are. Um, we really do. We, you know, we uh, obviously with, doesn't look good out there. We had some guys that were out. You know, we only had three or four guys out there today. So, but those guys are all. We feel good where they are in terms of uh, coming back and, and being available to us here shortly. So, um, we're in a good spot. Coach, last year you were coaching a team that had legitimate Super Bowl aspirations coming into that season. This year you're taking over a team that has uh, you starting started from scratch. You're building the foundation. Is there a difference in how you go about evaluating and choosing your 53-man roster based on where you are in that process? Do you now view it as more thing, look towards the future that will allow you to maybe say, this veteran's nice, but he won't be there when we're ready. And so you kind of lean toward younger talent. Is there a difference in how you go about choosing your 53 No, that's a good question. That is a good question. I that actually is a really good question. In some regards. Uh, but in other ways, you got to just build your best football team you can this year. And that's really what we did in the beginning, of, you know, with that last organization. We just said, hey, we're going to build the best roster we can this year with the players that we, we uh, you know, covet um, on our football team and then go from there, you know, and then coach them up and develop them. You know, it's the, it's the, it's the coach's job to develop the athletes and develop the players, you know, into our system and our style. And uh, that's why we, we believe in teaching. Um, and, you know, we have a really good personnel department. They, they really covet the things that the coaches do, and we're in line that way. So it, we're excited about building that. When you were in Indianapolis, I saw you were quoted as saying that you cannot be afraid to put young players in there right away. How did you kind of come to that philosophy? Because there, there are coaches, and I'm sure you've encountered them, who you know, really think those young players are the ones that can get them fired, that yep. they're, they're a little gun-shy to put those guys out there. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, uh, you can understand uh, a coach that's like that. You know, is a little bit gun shy, wants to play with the more experienced guy because he's know what he's doing and all that. But to me, if you got the right guy, you know, and you have the right guys in there and they're young, you have to play them. You have to because the experience they get in that first season as playing, it's invaluable. You know, they're going to get learned so much ball by being out there and playing rather than sitting on the sideline. And if they're good enough athletically and they're good enough players, you just got to put them out there and they'll, they'll figure it out eventually, you know, and then you just got to coach them up and coach them through the ups and downs of it and, you know, keep their confidence up. But uh, I believe in that because what you do is you build a faster, younger football team when you do that. Is, is that something that you kind of develop for, as a coach in college or did, did someone kind of impart that to you once you got to the NFL? Because in college, you know, where you were at, you, you got to play some young guys. Yeah, I guess I guess you're right in that way. Uh, I would say that's probably true. You know, just because I was in college for those, you know, 17, 18 years, uh, we were playing freshmen and playing guys that were young all the time. You know, it's like when we took over Missouri, man, we played some young guys, and that was just normal. So it was your job to develop them, coach them up, make sure they know what they're doing, and they can play fast and play physical and, and play the ball the right style. So, um that's been part of my, 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 my thing. And, there, and I've got the right coaches. The coaches we have are the right coaches to do that because they are, they are there to help the players and their teachers. You know, so we feel that we're, we're very confident in doing that. Yeah. How do you determine how long the leash is with those guys? Because I imagine you'll sink or swim with Gordon and Brisker. But some of the guys who are kind of more in between, they're, they're not, they'll be active, they'll be playing. But right. how, how, how do you determine how long the leash is? And given the situation, you know, like Herb said, not, it's, this might not be a Super Bowl team or whatever. You're trying to build something. Mm -hmm. but how, does, how does all that work? Yeah, I, I just think you use your instincts on that. You know, you have your instincts as a coach, and you know when you're working through with somebody and they're doing a good job, and they're 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 taking two steps forward and a step back, and they're getting better. You know, as a, as a rookie does, or if a guy's you know kind of struggling and you need to you know kind of slow his uh, his uh, you know putting him in the game as much. You know, sometimes that happens, and they'll let us know what they can handle. You know, they'll let us know what they can handle. So we'll, we'll go from there. Tongas a, is Tongas a tight end or a fullback? And you need an, you, you look like right now. Yeah, I, I think he's he's done a good job to show us he can do both. You know, and that's a that's a hard thing for a defensive coordinator to to really. Hey, is this guy play tight end? Does he play on the ball? Does he play wide? Does he move? Does he get back into the fullback position? And can he run the leads? And that creates a whole nother uh, you know a dynamic for the for the defensive coordinator. To be able to play, is he going? Is he going to play twelve? Is he going to play nickel? Is he going to play base to it? What's he going to do? So, that that to me is a good thing. Matt, along the lines of the young players, how positive of a development is it that all the eleven draft picks make the roster? Three undrafted guys for Ryan Wolf and his staff to come in and, and 
hit on guys you obviously like and have coached up. No, it's it's it just shows the the hard work they put in. You know, with uh, you know looking at these guys all the way through and then really pulling the trigger on draft day. You know, to get them and 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 get the guys that we covet. And they did a really good job with that. And now it's you know for the coaches too. You know, the coaches are developing those guys, so it works hand in hand to get those guys ready to play. And uh, so yeah, I think that's really good. Patrick, when he, with his prog- progression and, and possibly getting back out there soon, would you consider him playing him somewhere other than center if he's healthy enough but just not quite able to? Well, he's played multiple positions, you know, mostly interior, you know, so he's played guard and he's played center, so I would never rule that out, you know, what's best for our football team, you know, and I think we got to look at that, you know, always we're always looking at that best lineup, what's best for the team, uh, where that individual is in terms of his health and where he is, so we're, we're going to be open-minded to that. Of that when when he's ready to play center again, if he plays center, what happens with Sam? What's what's your thought process on what Sam's shown you through? Yeah, I mean we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Um, you know we'll see where that is and see where we go with it. But uh, we're not there yet in terms of seeing where he is. What's your, what's your assessment right now of, of the corner position? And you know let's talk about young guys. I think I think Duke might be the guy with the most experience in that room. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously Jalen's played a lot, Kendall's played a lot. But what's kind of your assessment of where that group's at right now? Yeah, they're in a good spot. I mean, it, it is where we are right now. I mean, you know, Jalen's been out for a couple of days, you know, and we'll see where they are. You know, Vilder's been playing, had a good game. And, you know, we got, you know, uh, our, our nickels, you know, setting in there pretty good, does a nice job. But, uh, you know, the thing is that you're, you know, you're looking to always uh, improve everywhere, you know, and I think that's a that's a, a spot that we're always looking to improve. You know, if you can get, you know, guys that are, you know, competing, you know, another roster and bring them in, we're going to do that in every spot. You know, so I think that's an important piece there, and I, I think we're uh, we're that's still a spot that's in competition. I believe that is true. Or was there a moment when you said, "Hey, we got to give this guy a closer look here"? Yeah, I mean, you, you just, when guys make plays, when they make plays in games and they and they're instinctual and they make plays like that, you know, I think that uh, you always take a look at those guys because when you hit the ball and you, and you do things that change football games, you you give guys a chance. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you're always looking at that, and he's he's good in the open field, makes good open field tackles and special teams. So we're excited where he is and where he's developing to. Dave Borgonzi's done a great job getting him in the position um, and letting him flourish in that spot. With regard to Sam Bourne, is there something he did or something about him that you think obviously he did well to make the team or wherever he ends up? But is there something that tells you that it might be more than that this year, or it, or is it just is he just another undrafted rookie who? Tried hard, made the team, made plays, made the team. Yeah, we'll see where it goes. You know, we don't like we said we don't put ceilings on players, and we'll see we'll see where it goes. You know, and uh, we're going to leave it open and let him compete. And uh, you know, he's done a good job to this point, and he's you know obviously a rookie, and he's got a long way to go. Um, but uh, we like where he is right now, and uh, he's done a good job, and he's really showed a lot of grit, a lot of toughness uh, through the course of training camp. And that's what we like. Analysts across the country saying that this team may be in the running for a top draft pick with, you know, worst record in the league. You go out, you go three and on the preseason, and now you got people. It's a foregone conclusion. You're going to beat the pack. I mean, the 49ers, and you could be going up there feeling good about yourself in Green Bay. How do you balance letting your guys know I'm proud of the work that you have done, but we still got a ways to go and not to get too excited about the, the, the perfect preseason? Yeah, I, I think our guys are 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 really good are in a really good spot there. You know, we we know where we are. We're we're developing. Um, we're we're setting foundation, um, and we're nowhere near what we want to be. Um, and guys know that. Guys know that. And we point that out on tape. They understand. Hey, the effort's got to be better. The intensity's got to be better. We have to do a lot of things uh, uh, better. So, um, and we're working on that. And we're in process of doing that. And guys understand where they are. You've had a lot of different moving parts defensively, guys coming in and out with injuries and obviously missing Rokon for the period. Where's your confidence in kind of the what the culture that you built has created for that group and the identity that's forming despite, you know, the differences coming in and out? Yeah, you're going to have that. You know, you're always going to have soft tissue injuries during training camp and, you know, during the course of the year, guys are going to come in and out. The one thing that stays uh, uh, consistent is that, is the standard. Um, that's for the whole football team, and that doesn't change. And those, that's, like, that's called controlling the controllables. So uh, when you can do that, you control the effort, you control the hitting, the intensity, the blocking down the field, um, you know, and, and playing a smart, aggressive football, that's always going to be what we're, what we're about. And uh, it doesn't matter. You get guys hurt, you get the next guy steps in, and those guys we acquire have those traits. They play hard, they're physical, and they're smart players. And uh, that's what we'll continue to do. 
but now it looks like he's going to have another opportunity here. Is there something about your scheme, Alan Williams' scheme, that makes you think he could he could have a better year, more success this year? Yeah, you know, like we started in the beginning, we said, hey, everybody's got a clean slate. You know, so we don't look at last year. You know, we look at we certainly look at skill sets from last year, but other than that, hey, it's clean slate. Everybody's got you know step one, step two, go all the way through. And uh, you know, he's had a couple injuries during training camp, but he's put his best foot forward the last you know preseason game. So, you know, he is where he is right now, and he's got to keep working. You know, because I think in our scheme, a lot of times uh, th those outside guys can play well because it's a vision defense. You know, vision and break and play some more zone. You know, than more than most people and. I think he can have success there. When you first started out, you talked about the, the importance for Justin to stay in a growth mindset through the entirety of this process. I'm curious how you've assessed his ability to, to do that and where, where he's been at the last four months and getting ready for week one, which is obviously days away. Yeah, I mean, I mean that, that position is, is you, you are constantly growing, you know, because they're putting in new schemes, new concepts. Um, he has to learn and develop that way, uh, how he sees the game, you know, what his – what his camera or what his eyes see. Um, and I think that he's really done a good job with that. Janoko and Getsy have done a tremendous job of developing him and working with him. And he has been working tirelessly to get that done. Uh, you know, the footwork and the timing and everything that's done. I think he's done a remarkable job from, to, from springtime all the way to now. He's just done a great job. Thank you. Thanks, Matt. Thank you. It was Coach Flus breaking down kind of the 53-man cut down, what he felt, um, where where he sees this roster going right. I, I am um, I'm not going to say I'm surprised by any of the cuts, right? I think the Mario Edwards one off name alone came as a little bit of a surprise for me. Um, but when you look at it, right, I mean, at the end of the day, it saves you $2.6 million. He's a position, again, that you know you can go out there and get. Okay, I can live with it. Um, but I, I, I like how they, they handled this entire situation, the building of the roster and stuff like that. You know what I mean? I think those are things that um, you really have to take into account, right, as you're evaluating this coaching staff. Remember, preseason isn't just about evaluating um, – it's not just about evaluating the the players on the field, right? We know nothing about this coaching staff. We know nothing about how they – we now know a little bit more how they call plays, but we don't really know how they run things, how they go about things, how they run their business and stuff like that. And so I think that this was a big step in the right direction on, okay, how is this guy going to be running his staff? How is this guy going to be with keeping players around that we feel should be kept around? How is he going to be with keeping players in the building that uh, shouldn't be kept in the building? And I think that's the biggest issue issue that we've seen i saw a couple people ask about kendall vildor saying they're surprised uh that we've kept kendall vildor surprised that vildor is still on the on, on the team especially after last season and i think the thing for that is right the position that they put vildor in vildor made plays what you see vildor doing mostly get in the backfield hit that dude in the backfield usually you had you saw vildor in the game going on a blitz trying to get into the back uh, trying to get to the quarterback trying to get to the running back right trying to trying to play up on that run play i didn't see a ton of vildor in coverage and i don't think you'll see a ton of vildor in coverage this season and i mean especially with thomas graham going down to due to injury um, I don't think he's come back yet. I think he's still been out due to injury. I think that's probably who you'll see play more of that spot. Um, but, I mean, he's he's kind of a filler piece on that, right? But it's all about putting guys in positions to be successful and the guys that they're keeping in positions to be successful. So, I mean, let's, let's, let's break down um, – what what this roster really looks like and by the way appreciate you guys for tuning in and showing love man if you haven't done so hit that like button subscribe to the page we do talk chicago sports daily on this channel it's the only channel talking chicago sports how chicago talks so make sure that you get in tune with us man and uh if you haven't done so drop a bird down in the chat man you know you gotta get them bird dines in there man don't be don't be disrespecting me like that man um Basically, my whole viewpoint of this is we're going to go through the players, give grades on the position group, right? Kind of just talk about it. Not even like serious grades, just, just talk about kind of like where we feel this position group could be better or is it good? Is it set? That's how I want to run through it. Cause at this point, right? We're all smart bears fans. We're all legitimate bears fans. We've all looked at the roster at seven 25 at night. We know who's on the roster, right? So quarterback position, you're going Justin Fields. You're going Trevor Simeon. I like that. I, you could have kept either Simeon for, or Peterman for me. I think Simeon a little bit younger, a little bit more mobile. 
uh, uh, still has that experience, uh, probably has had more successes in the NFL than Peterman, if I'm being 100% honest. So I'm not mad at that keep right there. Um, then you go down to your running back position. In the running back position, the Bears kept three separate running backs, Montgomery, Herbert, Treston Ebder. None of us are su surprised by that, especially seeing as how we know this Bears team wants to run it. I think the more surprising thing that we saw out of this preseason was how much this Bears team passed the ball. Do not expect the offense to look like that when you're going up against defenses that actually care and want to run zones and different things like that. Don't expect to see Justin throwing the ball. You'll probably, I I'll say this, Expect to see Justin throwing a ball maybe a little bit more than you saw him throwing the ball in that Browns game. I wouldn't expect to see a ton more than that. I would I would expect to see more run plays than pass plays, knowing that these guys want to go run heavy. And you got Monty Herbert and Ebner there, three guys who have shown you a lot at that position who you felt really good about um, running the football at all times, right? I mean, Ebner, even down to the rookie, Ebner was blowing people out of his way and just not going down. Monty looks stronger than ever. Herbert coming with a little bit of the shiftiness, so I like to keep on all three of those guys there. Then you get to your your uh, fullbacks, Kari Blazing game, who who I think will be the starting fullback and more than likely play that position uh, uh, um, more times than not. And Jake Tonjes, who you heard uh, uh, Ryan get asked about in that whole setup, right, where if they, they basically asked him, hey, what position is he going to play? Because he could play a little tight end. He could play a little fullback. He could play a little running back. Where you guys want to use him? And you heard Ryan say – or I'm sorry, Ryan. You heard Matt say in there um, that – Hey, we're, we're going to use him wherever he fits best. We're going to use him in this scheme kind of as that gadget guy. Now, he's not a high-speed guy, right? But, I mean, the fact that you can put him out there in multiple positions, I feel like that's a good keep for you. Um, and you want to keep as many versatile guys on this team as you can, especially when that injury bug comes up, right? At the tight end position, they only kept two tight ends, which is not that surprising, Um I guess normally you would keep three in that situation. And it was a little bit surprised to see some of the other guys get up out of here, like O'Shaughnessy. Um, but I mean, they kept Cole Komet. They kept Ryan Griffin. Um, but here's why they did that because they kept nine offensive linemen. So they want to make sure that they have a little bit more depth there. Uh, and at that offensive line position, Lucas Patrick, Cody Whitehair, Sam Mustafer, Tevin Jenkins is going to be at the guard position, Jatire Carter, Zachary Thomas, and tackles Braxton Jones, Larry Borum, and Riley Reef. Now, what do you notice about those offensive linemen, right? What's the thing that really sticks out to you? There's a lot of youth on that line. There's a lot of youth on that offensive line, and I think that's something that really has to be understood where this team wants to go. This is not a one-year process. That's why you saw the let the, uh, 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 Michael Schofield be let go, right? Because this is not a one-year process. This is not, hey, this season we're going to figure this thing out. This is, it's going to take some time. We're going to grow. We're going we're gonna to have some lumps this year, and guess what? We're hoping to build an offensive line that's going to be here for years to come, and I feel like that that's really what they're stating with the offensive line. Now, the interesting thing is, right, what does that mean for Tevin Jenkins? With the with the cutting of uh, uh, um, Michael Schofield, do you feel like that's pretty much a guarantee that Tevin's going to be here? We actually heard Tevin talking at the podium. He's talking about getting a little more comfortable at right guard. Or I think this was actually just in the locker room. Let's go out to Tevin, hear what he had to say about him being here and his breakdown of just his position and where he feels he's at. Hold on. And uh Jenkins with the with the oh, cutting okay. of uh you gonna you gonna do me like that? You gonna do me like that? You gonna there we go. About you. you know, you just go home whether whether or not you're gonna be in the same place tomorrow or not. So uh for me right now it's a little it's always uneasy about you. You know, you just go home whether whether or not you're gonna be in the same place tomorrow or not. So uh for me right now it's a little uneasy. Does peace of mind make a difference for a football player? Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. You start settling down a little bit more. Uh, you start believing in yourself at a lot more, and because you got a lot more trust in you. So are you look just like players in other sports look at a trade deadline and they want to be here. You know, they go there. Is there a date in the next two weeks that you're looking to that you'll know you're here? You got a home. And, and... Uh, I'll say there's not a date. 
it could, it could still happen at any moment. It has been feeling natural to me, yes. And like I said in past interviews, the more reps I get, the more comfortable I'll be. And uh, working in that uh, telephone booth is a lot better for my career right now, I feel like. So as I get more lean and get more uh, uh, body fat off my body, uh, I feel like it'll be better for me, more better for me to be at guard right now. Yeah, yeah, it's because there's a lot less room to be uh, doing anything, not really on the island. So it's a lot, uh, I could be a lot more of a physical player, like you said. Is, is there anything else besides <coughs> just the position switch that would help something click the last few weeks? Uh, I would say just getting more of my playbook and, uh, you know, having the help system of other one. The, like Sam Lucifer, he helps me a lot, and uh, so does Larry Bourne. So those two guys helped me, helped me along. Have been uh, a big help for me. Kevin, would it have helped if you were looking back in retrospect? Would it have helped if you were ID'd as a guard right away? Do you ever wonder about that? Do you ever think about that? Does that make a difference? Would that have made any difference for you? Uh, not too sure. I like to still think of myself as a tackle mm -hmm. that can go down and play guard, and I might. As of right now, is it better for my career to be guard? Yeah, probably. So uh, that means I'm all for it right now. So uh, I'll still label myself with this tackle. Boom. There's Tevin Jenkins' comments on where he feels like his career is becoming, where he feels like or, or where his career is going, what's going to be best for his career, talking about kind of playing that guard position, but also the uncertainty of it, right? Like, he's still not certain if he's going to be a part of this Bears team. And I'm not going to lie to you, right? At this point, I feel like you – you've put yourself in a position, especially with the options that you've gone with, especially going young on most of this offensive line, that if you expect to protect Justin Fields well this season, you kind of have to hold on to Tevin Jenkins this season. That doesn't mean that Tevin Jenkins has to be a Chicago Bear for the rest of his career, but to me, right, at least going into this season, as you play through this season, maybe you have trade talks throughout the season, maybe you move or maybe you don't, but I think that the big thing that you have to look at is, okay, is Tevin Jenkins going to be a long-term piece on this team? That could still be up in the air, but at least for this season, you have to realize that you just don't have bodies to throw in there. Uh, like While you did keep nine offensive linemen on that mug, you also have to talk about the fact that there's some question marks with those nine offensive linemen, right? We don't know what... Uh, um, uh, uh, um, Braxton Jones is going to be yet and having Tevin Jenkins a guy who can play both it seems like he can play some pretty good guard and also understands the tackle position now you have a guy that can be versatile moving around your line that's what made Cody Whitehair so valuable to the Chicago Bears for all these years Cody Whitehair came into the NFL as a guard and then by the end of it, right, we're talking about him as a starting center for a little while. And now guess what? End of his position. We need guards on that left side. Guess what? He's back to guard. That versatility is something that you want to have on this offensive line. And so I think that's something that you want to keep around if you're the Chicago Bears. I like the fact that Tevin Jenkins seems like he can do that. And the fact, right, listen, you, he didn't look great. I will say this. At right tackle, I don't see him as a right tackle. I, I think he looked pretty bad when they put him out there at right tackle, even against the twos and threes. Um, but there's still a lot to be seen. But I mean, when you're talking about the other names on here, right? You're talking about Jatire Carter, Zachary Thomas, right? Those guys, that's young. That's real young. That's that's rookie. That's raw talent. That's hey, we hope we can mold these guys into something. And maybe you can one day. But I feel like at that offensive line position, you have to keep Tevin Jenkins around at a minimum because if you're going to have injuries on the line, which it's the offensive line position, we know injuries are going to pop up. It's better for you to have somebody who can move to multiple positions than not. And I mean, you still do have that. You've got that with a couple of guys actually, right? Like Larry Borm can move to left tackle if need be. Uh, Cody Whitehair can move to right guard. He can play center. He can play left guard, right? He's really good at, the, at those interior positions. So you've got a couple of guys on your team that can do it. It's just about hopefully we don't have to have that issue. And then, you know, they kept Sam Mustafer. I'm. I'll say this. I can't. I can't give everyone else praise and take praise away from Sam Mustafer on that Browns game. He played pretty well at the center position on that Browns game. Now, do I think that he plays that well 
Uh, if you've got Jadavion Clowney blitz in the gap, I don't know, right? Like, I don't, I don't know if that's what it ends up being, but at a minimum, what I saw in that Browns game of Sam Mustafer, Sam actually played pretty well. Uh, let's keep it going, man. Keep talking about some of these positions that are out there that the bears have locked up. Uh, they kept seven wide receivers here. Darnell Mooney, Byron Pringle, Nikhil Harry, Equinamia St. Brown, Bayless Jones, Dante Pettis, and Tajay Sharp. I thought Sharp was going to be somebody who wouldn't make the roster. I was a little bit surprised that he made a roster spot because while he was great in that first game, while he was big for the Bears in that first game, made a great catch for uh, uh, off of Justin Fields, made a great catch, I believe, off of Trevor Simeon as well. We haven't seen him since that first game due to some injuries issues so I was a little bit surprised to see him stick around on this roster I thought he'd be making a home somewhere else uh offensively as a whole right when you're talking about where the Bears could be looking on the waiver wire where the Chicago Bears need improvement or where the Bears need improvement most on the offensive side of the ball right by the way hit that like button subscribe to the page if you have not done so we got 113 people in this mug man how many likes we got up on this mug man how many like how many how many man, 42 likes man come on now brother show me a little love out here man show me a little love Love. If you're rocking with the content, hit the like button. Shout out to y'all, man. Y'all, sh- y'all, you're great people. We appreciate you. Um, I think the quarterback position is what it is, right? You had you you've made your bed that Justin Fields is your bet. That's your bet. I don't want to see multiple uh, uh, great quarterbacks at that position, right? Because now, guess what? San Francisco about to go through the same thing that we've gone through for the last four years. I just think they have a more competent head coach that'll understand how to handle it. But, I mean, the entire season, right? Trey Lance is is young. Trey Lance is going to have struggles. He's going to have up and downs. And guess what? He's going to hear the entire season. Oh, put Jimmy G back in there. Play Jimmy G. Play Jimmy G. So, uh, keeping two quarterbacks, I'm fine with. I'm uh, keeping the two quarterbacks that you did. Fine with that. Of course, could have kept Nathan Peterman. I'm, either way, doesn't matter to me. Um, the the running back position, I think, is the one position. I, I can't say that the running back position and the fullback position. I think is a position you don't need to go out there and get. And I'll say this, right? I'm confident enough in the tight ends that we have and more so in the coaching staff that we have that I feel good about where the Chicago Bears tight end room is. I feel like that's a solid room for the Bears. I feel like that's going to be the most important room for the Bears because I feel like that's going to be the most utilized receiver in this offense. I think you're going to see a ton of Cole Komet. I think you're going to see a ton of Ryan Griffin. I think you're going to see Justin Fields looking to get those guys in the end zone because usually in a run-heavy offense, offense you hope to run yourself down to the goal line and you like to use those big bodies up front um also feel pretty good like I said I said I feel good about the the fullback room it's a fullback room right you got those big bodies blazing game pretty good blocker pretty good up front also got decent hands out of the backfield I like that um I think you're stuck at your offensive line room I don't know if there's somebody out there that you go get that's going to improve your team a ton out of any of the releases that we heard today wasn't even looking um to see really if there was like there were no major names dropped that I thought were worth risking anything or throwing any money at did you guys see anybody that you felt really should the bears should be going after let me know in the comments below at the offensive line position the fact that you kept who you kept i think this offensive line is going to be better than most people think especially because what are they, what they're going to be asked to do uh, i think lucas patrick cody whitehair tevin jenkins braxton jones larry borum that's not a bad starting offensive line if you're if you're uh, uh looking to run the ball a ton because most of those guys that were here last year that's what they excelled at and of course the new guys that you have in right you've got uh uh, braxton jones in here we don't know what he's gonna excel at yet because the season hasn't started but uh lucas patrick he's he's a dog man y'all go watch his tape out in green bay he's a dog that's all you need to know he's a dog as long as he's healthy and good to go I feel good about our offensive line room I feel as good as you can right like there's there's such a young group of course, there's pieces where I feel like you could still go get better pieces, but I also want to see what the youth on this team is going to be, and that's another reason why I hope Tevin Jenkins actually sticks around. Um, 
I mean, the receiver room always can use improvement, right? While I do think there's some good names on here, uh, the injury issues have pretty much kept all of those names from showing you anything. We haven't seen Tajay Sharp. Dante Pettis carved himself out a nice little role here with the Bears. I thought he did some some good things uh, on the off or uh, on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, finding finding, I'll say this: he found key moments to sit down in pockets and get open, and that's something that you want to see in a zone, right? You want to have a guy that's able to just kind of okay, I'm gonna just find this spot sit up in here hey justin i'm gonna be big get get the ball to me you know what i mean um he also had the speed to kind of get open in the in the end zone a couple of nice plays for him i like that he carved his way out but i mean outside of that right haven't seen much of equinamia st brown at all i think he's literally just here because he knows the offense and luke gets knows him um Bayless jones we haven't seen much of and the one thing is equinamia has been on the field we just haven't seen much of him um Bayless jones we've seen pretty much one game of Nikhil harry we've seen none of he won't be back till later in the season byron pringle we've seen none of um so you're really running out there with Darnell Mooney and the rest of those boys. Uh, Darnell Mooney. And nobody else. Um, I, I, I think that that's probably the one spot where I'd be looking all over the waiver wires. Again, I didn't see a ton of guys that I was like, man, this guy's going to make or break this team. This guy puts us on the next level. This guy gets us to that next big spot. But what I did see in there is some guys that I felt like you really could use. Um, in specific positions, especially with the Bears, knowing that the Bears are going to do a lot of stuff behind the goal line or behind the uh, offensive line, uh, a lot of short passes and stuff like that. A couple of guys out there that I thought they could go after. Um, nothing crazy, though, right? Like, I don't think I don't think you go out there and you get anybody that makes or breaks your team. And I think that's the biggest thing when you're looking at this thing. Um Let's check out some of the comments as well. Cache in the live. What's going on, Cache? Appreciate you for the love. Uh, what's it? Uh, Baki saying, if we sign. Oh, hold up. Not got that. I'm trying to hit this one. Uh, shout out the kid in the chat as well. What's going on, kid? Um, if we sign a wide receiver, I hope it's John, the Johnson kid that got cut by the Bucks. Tyler Johnson. Good ad, right? Like, again, another good ad. But is it going to put us over the top? Right. Like, I don't think I don't think that does anything. Chris Raquel bringing up O.J. Howard. Uh, I saw that O.J. Howard was cut. I thought he was a good piece to go out there and grab. But I don't think the Bears need another tight end right now. I feel good about where the Bears tight tight end room is. And I, I, I really feel good about that that position for us right i think that's the one spot where we had a lot of questions at last season mostly just because we put so much into cole Komet and and nothing came out of cole Komet last season so hopefully we get more out of them this year um if i was going to look anywhere on the offensive side of the football though i would say the wide receiver room is the one spot where if there is something out there go ahead and grab it if if for any other reason if for any other reason that you're going to end up needing uh, some depth pieces to start the season, especially knowing to kill Harry's not going to be back anytime soon. And he was going to come in here and get a real opportunity for you. Um, haven't heard much on Byron Pringle. And again, coach Flus talked about, we'll get the, uh, the injury report Wednesday uh, or next Wednesday. So when we get that, Let's hope it, it shows us what the heck's going on with some of these guys, man. Um, but, yeah, outside of that, I don't think there's there's many positions where I would say the Bears offensively need to go find something else. Whew. It's a little warm up in the crib right now, bro. I don't know what's going on here. I got the air room, but it's a little warm. It's warm outside, too. Shout out to y'all. Uh, hey, appreciate y'all for pulling up. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the page. We're going to break down this defense as well. Um, interesting keeps on the defensive end. Like I said, the Bears cut a couple of guys that I thought were going to be a part of this team that I felt good about. Um, but I understand why they did it. I understand the move and I'm okay with the move. When you're looking at, uh, the defensive side of the ball, we might as well start on that defensive line. I'm gonna tell you this right now. I need to see more of it. And I'm assuming that the Bears did not do as much, um, to, what, what's the word, right? They, did, they didn't call, they called a lot of vanilla defenses. I'm assuming that the Bears didn't put a lot of stuff out there where it was like, hey, I want to see this. We want to see this. We want to make this move, blah, blah, blah. Simple calls, simple stunts, different things like that. 
because you didn't see them get to the quarterback enough for me. But the Bears end up keeping Robert Quinn, Al-Kadiq Muhammad, Dominique Robinson, Trevis Gibson, um, and the, those are your defensive ends and tackles, Angelo Blackson, Chris Tonga, Justin Jones, and Mike Pinnell Jr., uh, again, no Mario Edwards was a little bit surprised to see him go, but the Bears saved $2.6 million on the cap. Um, and I, I get it. He's definitely going to land on somebody's team. You're not going to get him back on the practice squad. Um, hate to see him go. But again, even with the names here, though, Robert Quinn, Al-Kadiq Muhammad, uh, uh, Travis Gibson, those guys, those three guys alone combined for <laughs> 32 sacks last year. Now, again, right, Robert Quinn being the bulk of them, but a ton of sacks coming from those three names alone. And those are coming off of both of your edges there. You should feel a little bit better about that. And I'll tell you one thing that, that surprised me. I don't know if it surprised you guys, but, and coach T in here, coach T shout out to you, man. He said, uh, he said that interior D line needs help. I, I can see that a little bit. I can see that a little bit, but the one thing that surprised me most, Justin Jones getting involved on more than just the rundowns out there. Justin Jones getting involved on more than just that running game. He was in the backfield quite a bit, looked real strong out there. So I, I, I felt, uh, I felt a little bit better about at least him on that interior line. Um, coming into the season I, I i could see them going out there and maybe trying to get something else um but i i don't i don't know yeah i mean i don't uh, like I, there's a lot of dudes on this team to get in the backfield um your biggest question is is there going to be enough guys out there to stop the run i think justin jones does that pretty well chris tonga's okay with that you know it, that's a pairing that you want to see blackson was a guy that was able to get into the backfield as well so i think they're i think they're okay there i wouldn't be surprised if we saw them go out and get a little bit more depth on that interior line. So we'll see what that ends up being uh, the linebacker position. I'll tell you what, this is the position for me that I think you have to go out and get guys that I understand this is the 53 man roster right now, but the linebacker position needs help. I'm sorry. Um, Roquan Smith, Nicholas Morrow, Matthew Adams, Joe Thomas, Jack Sanborn, Caleb Johnson. Here's the thing. I love Jack Sanborn, but I don't think he moves up the depth chart that much throughout the season. I hope that I'm wrong, but I don't see him moving up the depth chart that much throughout the season. You don't have a ton there at that linebacker position. I think that's going to be the biggest question mark around this team, right? Are they going to be able to hold up over the middle? I want to see what this team can do over the middle, because I think that's the spot where you saw them getting pick, uh, uh, picked apart the most, right? When, when, uh, um, Pat Mahomes was going up against us, dropping back, boom, standing there, drops it in the middle. Morrow wasn't fast enough. Now having Roquan back does change that a lot, and we didn't see Roquan at all in this game, but Roquan can't be out there every play. Roquan can't be out there for every snap of the defense unless you're out there just getting turnover after turnover after turnover, and he's ridiculously rested. When you start talking about the depth on this team, Matt Adams and Joe Thomas ain't it for me. That's where I would be scouring the waiver wires. I think that's a spot where the Bears probably need to look most on the waiver wires. And so for me, I think that's somewhere where you can focus in and say, okay, I, I really want to be, uh, we really want to add just more depth into that linebacker room. Because for me, right, like Jack Sanborn, I love what we saw from him. I think he can develop into a player, but he's Nick Kwiatkowski. He's another guy that's going to be a good name around the NFL, solid name around the NFL. And I hope that he develops all of that here. But it, but it never, right, like even when we got rid of Nick Kwiatkowski and everybody was like, why would you get rid of Nick Kwiatkowski over Danny Trevathan? The thing that I kept saying was, I love Nick Kwiatkowski, but the Bears are trying to go further in the Super Bowl. And if Danny Trevathan is healthy, Danny Trevathan has more upside. Danny Trevathan has more talent. We just never saw a healthy Danny Trevathan again. So that, that move ends up shooting them in the foot. But I, I'll be honest with you, I never kill, killed uh, Ryan Pace for making that move uh, of keeping Trevathan because I was like, I love Kwiatkowski, but there's a ceiling to this guy, and he's probably hit it. And guess what? Over with the Raiders, he's the same dude. I love him. Love that he's there. He's solid. 
but he's he's always going to be the same dude. And I think that's the part where you're kind of like, I, I, that's what I see Jack Sanborn being. Hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully he turns into a Hall of Famer over here with us. But I don't see that happening there. Um, keeping it going right. Let's look at the uh, the defensive back room. Here's the spot where I actually feel like the Bears are stronger than a lot of people think. Um, they kept 11 DBs. 11 DBs. Jalen Johnson, Kyler Gordon, Kendall Vildor, Lamar Jackson, Duke Shelley. Again, I get the surprise on Duke Shelley and Vildor. I do get that. Uh, Jalen Jones. You've got your safeties, Eddie Jackson, Jaquan Brisker, DeAndre Houston Carson, Dane Cruikshank, and Elijah Hicks. Here's why I feel good about our DB room. You've got a lot of guys in this DB room who are here to do a job. You've got a lot of guys in this DB room who do one thing really well. And it seems like we have a coaching staff that's going to use them to do one thing really well. And that excites me about my team. That makes me feel like, okay, we've got guys that are realizing we don't have a billion dollars to spend this year. How do we find guys that are going to be successful for our football team, for the defense that Coach Williams is calling without breaking the bank? That's what smart organizations do. That's what the best organizations do. That's what intelligent organizations do. I don't think Kendall Vildor's very good. One thing that I do think he's good at, he's good at blitzing. He's really good at getting in the backfield. He's good at blowing up running backs. He's good at getting to quarterbacks. That's about all I, I, all I think he's good at. And you know what I saw of him the entire preseason? Vildor in the backfield. Vildor blowing up a running back. Vildor chasing somebody down from behind, right? Like, those, that, that's really all his game is. And so I'm okay with that. I'm okay with him. Duke, keeping him and Duke Shelley, really surprised by that. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to Like, that was literally the DB tandem that got murdered last year. So I don't know about that one. <laughs> I don't know about that one, right? Nah, that's a little tough. But you, now, here's the thing. Could they be good enough depth pieces? Now I'm asking you to play a role. You don't have to be the starter. You don't have to be the best guy on the team. You don't have to be the best uh, uh, DB on the field next to Jalen Johnson. You know why? Because I don't need you to do that anymore. You know what I need you to do? I need you to come in and make these plays. Same thing with guys like DHC and Dane Cruikshank. Cruikshank's here for one reason. I've said this multiple times. He's here for one reason. We got three tight ends in our conference that are or in our uh, division that are really, really good, and we play those teams twice a year. You've got six games versus teams that have really good tight ends. It's the only reason Cruikshank's here. And I bet you the only time you see him on the field a ton is when we're playing those teams. It's not about always having the biggest payroll, the best payroll. Those things are great, right? I'd love to, to be buying guys like the Rams do. I'd love it. But if I don't have the money to spend like the Rams do, how do I still get a really good team out of that? That's how you get really good teams out of that. You find guys that do one thing really well, and that's what you use them for. And that's why I think guys like Cruikshank are here. That's why I feel good about our DB room and why I feel this DB room goes a little bit deeper than most people think because now here's the, here's the caveat, though. You've got young guys that have to pan out. You've got young guys that have to go through those rookie struggles. But they're two young guys that looked really good in their playing time together, right? Kyler Gordon looked like he grew a lot, especially playing in that half versus the Browns. Now, again, right, you're going up against uh, uh, Jacoby Brissett. That plays into it for sure. But uh, it, you you saw growth in him from week one of him playing, or week two of him playing, I should say, to week three of him playing. And that's good to see because that growth hopefully is going to continue. Jalen or uh, um, Jaquan Briskers looked like a dog every game he's played. So, I'm not surprised by Jaquan Brisker at all. <laughs> I'm just not. Like, he's looked great in every single game he's played in. So, for me, I feel good about 
I, I feel good better about this DB room than probably most people feel. If I was going to say where the Bears need help most, I you got to be looking at that linebacker position, right? On the defensive line, at a minimum, I got guys that can get to the quarterback. That changes how well your defensive tackles have to be, how deep your defensive tackles have to be. Uh, and I think our defensive tackles are good enough that you can still keep pressure in the middle while you have Robert Quinn and uh, uh, Travis Gibson hopefully getting to the quarterback coming and doing uh, doing the, the meet together in the middle, if you will. But I'm not – I'm looking at that linebacker room and I'm saying, man, if we lose anybody, that's a different – it's a different middle of the field. If you lose Morrow and Smith for any amount of time, that's a completely different middle of the field. It just is. Matt Adams and Joe Thomas, Jack Sanborn and Caleb Johnson. The talent level goes from here to here real quick. And so for me, that's where I would be looking at uh, uh, if I'm looking at the defense. Let's go to the comments, man. Appreciate you guys for tuning in and rocking with us uh, as always. We got another Lions fan in here. What's going on? Uh, what do you say? Big big task at hand says, tell them you're okay with the Giants being the best team and that you're officially a Giants fan. Oh, okay. Uh, no, and the Giants are god-awful. Um, I'm so excited to play the Giants this year. I had a Giants fan going at me today. That was pretty hilarious. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, who, who do you guys feel like you want to go out there and get on the defense? Is there a position that you really focused in on? Let me know in the comments below and let me know in the chat as well. Coach T says, I like the roster, except the depth at interior D line. If these guys are going to follow hits, big boys need backups. Agreed. I agree with you there. Um, but I do think that there's enough on that exterior that there's going to be pressure on the quarterback. And again, I think that's how coach Williams calls it up, right? I don't know what kind of stunts they're going to be running uh, on that defensive line. I don't know if they're going to, how, if they're going to run a lot of, um, you know, Quinn coming over the top of guys. I don't know what the game plan is going to be because we haven't seen a ton of those guys out there altogether. We saw Quinn out there in the last game and you can tell they're just kind of going through the motions, trying to get to the season. Um, but Hopefully, hopefully we do see a little bit more. Um, Lamar saying, I think Eddie Jackson is going to have a big year. Eddie Jackson's an interesting name, right? Because I think this season, if you've got even decent talent next to him, Eddie Jackson could become that ball hawking safety that we know he can be. I think that I think the the previous regime asked Eddie Jackson to do a lot of things that a safety paid like he is paid. You would ask to do, but. When you start to ask, okay, we need you to do this. We need you to play. Uh, we need you to be great in coverage. We need you to also uh, be one of the best tacklers. We need you to also uh, uh, um, be able to play over the top all the time. You know, when when you start to ask guys to do more than maybe they're capable to do because there's a paycheck that came along with it, that's not what you paid him to do. Right? That's not what you paid him to do. You paid him to be a ball hawking safety. And then you took away the strong guy for every ball hawking safety that every ball hawking safety needs. You took that away because you couldn't pay those guys. Now I'm fine with you not paying Adrian Amos that big money, but you know what? You got to find his replacement. And that's where the bears have struggled the last few years. It just is. Um, appreciate you guys for tuning in and rocking with us, man. As always, hit that like button, subscribe to the page. Well, we got 167 in this mug, man. We're keeping it rocking. Uh, one more topic I wanted to get to before it's down. I mean, listen, the Bears roster is what it is. I feel like there's a couple of guys you could go get, um, but I'm not losing my mind at it one way or the other, right? I'm not, I'm not saying that the Bears have to go find this guy, that the Bears don't have to go find this guy. I think that linebacker room is the is the room you need the most depth at on the team, and I don't know if they're going to find that right away. Um, that might come even later on. I, I don't know. I don't know when that's going to. I don't think you find it right. I think you're kind of stuck with your linebacker room being what it is. <clears throat> but that would be the spot where I focused in most on. And then on top of that, I probably would look at where I can find some receivers that can come in and fill a role, even just for a half a season. Or if you feel like there's guys out there that just take some pressure off of Darnell Mooney. Because here's the thing. I think the Bears, I think Darnell Mooney's an excellent wide receiver. 
but I don't know how great Darnell movie Darnell Mooney is going to be if he's double covered or if you've got safety help over the top with Darnell Mooney or if you got you know what I'm saying like it, it Darnell Mooney can kill a guy one-on-one and he's an excellent route runner. He's got really good hands, but if he's the focus of a defense, I don't know if he's going to dominate the way that maybe some of these other guys out there would. And maybe that's why people don't think view him as a number one. Maybe that's why people don't view him as a top wide receiver. I think that's all cap. Um, I think there's a lot of wide receivers that if you doubled them up, they would struggle. (laughs) <laughs> and 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 we do see that except for your best of the best of the best um but here's the thing if you can find somebody opposite of him just to take pressure off of him that you can't leave open maybe that's simply just having Valus Jones back maybe you have that guy on the roster that's going to be your biggest key to continuing to dominate the game or finding a way to dominate the game, I guess I should say. We haven't dominated much out here. Um, let's switch gears here. Um, I, I feel like those are some of the strengths, weaknesses that the Bears have. Do I think that this roster is a playoff team? I don't know. I still got them as a nine-win roster. Um, I don't have this, I don't have this roster being crazy great just yet. I think this is this is the thing about this roster that I'll say. 53 man is out, team is here. We know what we have now. This is a good base. Next season, you have your full slate of picks. Next season, you have um, your your full. You have the most money in the NFL. This is a good base to be starting at. This is enough to show that you can build something moving in the right direction versus the schedule that you play this season. That's what I feel about this Bears 53. I don't feel like it's this crazy dominant thing that if we're playing a number one schedule, we go out there and we kick everybody's butts. I don't believe that in the slightest. If we were playing the Packers schedule this year, I'd be like, ooh, all right. And the Packers actually still have a pretty simple schedule. But the fact that we're playing a third place schedule definitely makes our life a lot easier a lot easier. And so for the season that we have coming up, this 53 is a good start. And that's kind of what it comes down to for me. How do you, and and I think that's why I like this coaching staff so much because they're not trying to build for everything at once. They're building for the future in certain positions. And then guess what? We got to figure out how we can, we can win some games this year. And we'll figure out what we can add next year when next year gets here. We also need to figure out what we need to add by seeing some of these guys this year, which is why I think you'll see a Tevin Jenkins of guys like that on the roster. Um, Here's something else that I thought was interesting. When looking at the 53, right now that it's set, the athletic came out with its win loss projection for the teams and where it thinks certain teams are going to sit. And I know we've heard the national nerds out here say bears a three win team, right? Orlovsky's always talking garbage about us for some, how, how is it that he went from giving praise to Justin Fields to all of a sudden he's got to disrespect a, uh, uh, Darnell Mooney just because he's out of the fifth round. Like that was that was wild to me. But anyway, uh, the Athletic put out their win loss projections. Right, they've got the Buffalo Bills winning eleven point six, Packers winning eleven point four. Um, I'm 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 in agreement on both of those on that. Cowboys with ten wins. I disagree with that. The Cowboys are the Cowboys. I'm I'm not buying it. Chiefs with ten wins. I think the Chiefs could win more, but that defense is going to be interesting to see how that comes together, especially without the Honey Badger. Tampa at ten wins. I kind of agree with that. Rams at ten wins. 
I don't know about that one. Um, Colts at 10 wins. Not surprising on that. uh, Ravens at nine wins. Chargers at nine wins. Frisco at nine wins. Vikings at nine wins. Bengals at nine wins. Denver at nine wins. Saints at nine wins. Philly at nine wins. A lot of teams at nine wins out here. Dolphins at nine wins. Another interesting one that I feel like is, mm, you're going to have to show me that. I'm sorry. Tua is a what? Tua is, Tua is, that dude like all of a sudden he's just he's that dude i don't know about that one uh arizona with eight wins or with 8.7 wins are we rounding up 8.7 i don't know if we're rounding up here patriots 8.6 again i hope mac jones looks a lot better anybody see that interception that mug was crazy dog uh tennessee with eight wins i think they'll run their way to eight wins so i'm not surprised by that um vegas with eight wins browns with eight wins washington with eight wins panthers with seven and a half wins i was a little surprised by that steelers with seven wins which i hope they get more than that because i feel like if they get seven wins at some point we're going to see kenny pickett in that mug and i hope mitch wins that job i just do lions with six wins 6.9 so actually they have the lions with seven wins technically i don't know about that one I don't know about that one. The Lions with seven wins is interesting. Your Giants have six wins. Jacksonville has six wins. Seattle has six wins. And the Bears come in at 5.9. So basically six wins as well. So they have us as fourth in the division. Uh, They have us winning six games this season. I can't say that's a terrible assessment. I think the part that I'm most confused on is the Lions winning seven games. But, uh, I mean, that is what it is. But six wins to me, that's not that surprising for the Chicago Bears. I could see us being around there. I also could see us being around my prediction of nine wins, right, because the NFL season is weird. Listen, we play a couple of teams that have already had massive injuries to their team already already we play the Cowboys and I'll tell you what if uh if if Robert Quinn is healthy they're gonna have a hard time slowing Robert Quinn down with no left tackle I I I I feel like the Bears can find their way to nine wins but I can't say that this is a poor assessment basically what the article says is from Kevin Fishbane is probably fair considering the litany of questions facing the 2022 Bears though it's not though it's worth noting that the team is ranked 32nd 31st 28th 26th and 25th are all on their that teams ranked 32nd 31st 28th 26th and 25th are all on their schedule these teams might all be looking at the Bears as a win if quarterback Justin Fields takes off and head coach Matt Eberflus's defense becomes a takeaway machine, they'll go over. But the personnel alone makes this number seem right. And that assessment of it to me, I understand. There's a ton of question marks on this team. There's a ton of question marks on these players. There's a ton of question marks on what this team is going to be able to do when the game matters. And that's why I'm not killing this assessment of it. But if those questions are answered, I i.e. maybe week one right i think there's a lot of people that have us losing to the 49ers i think that's the best game the bears can sneak out i think that's the best game the bears can sneak out there's a lot of people that have us uh uh uh, losing to the jets there's a lot of people that have us losing to the falcons there's a lot of people that have us losing to the dolphins and I look at all those games, and I'm exactly the opposite. I'm like, man, that looks like a pretty guaranteed win to me, but I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me. Um, but, I mean, I think that's what it comes down to at the end of the day, right? Like, what is this team going to be? How is this team going to answer those questions? And how does this team put itself in a position to go get wins? I'm not saying that the athletics assessment of it is wrong. What I'm saying is, to me, I have that same assessment for a lot of those teams that we play. By the way, a lot of those teams that are on this list are much lower than the Chicago Bears on the win total projections. So even they kind of look at those teams and say, yeah, they're pretty bad. But I think the question is, right, when you have a team like this, that is young especially at your offensive line position that is trying to grow something that's trying to build something you have to look at it and say okay can they be consistent at what they want to do I think that's the biggest question that falls around this Bears team right now the consistency I think Braxton Jones can play he's still a rookie 
How consistently is he going to be able to play at this level and not have moments where he drops down to here? Because one moment where you drop down to here could be a sack that causes your quarterback to fumble the football or throw an interception, and now the ball's going the other way. Right? I think, I think Tevin Jenkins is a really good right guard. Same thing applies to him. Or he could be a good right guard. Same thing applies to him. Now, it also goes into uh, the question mark, right? And I think it's a lot of things that a lot of these national nerds don't take into account when they're making these lists. And I'm not saying, Fishbane's here. So I'm not saying that he's a national nerd at all. And, and he's usually pretty even keel on it. Um, I actually like reading his articles and stuff like that. It's why I have The Athletic. But the thing for me is... With, as, with this team right here is that a lot of people don't take into account is how do the coaches call plays? Your coaches can put you in a position to be crazy successful. Now, you still have to have the talent to do it, but your coaches can put you in a position to be crazy successful. Your coaches can put you in a position where all of a sudden you're, you're making plays on the fly that you're dominating. That's, to me, the biggest question surrounded by this Bears team. Not only the talent on the field, but, hey, is Luke Getze going to be able to consistently call the right play? Is he going to consistently be put in positions where he's just going to be able to handle it every time? I don't know that. He's never been an offensive coordinator before. I think those are the questions that you really have to look at when you're talking about the win-loss projections. I feel good about it based on how I saw games called throughout the preseason, right? I think that's the only thing that you can look at in preseason and feel a little bit better about. And, of course, right, you want to talk about how these guys are able to move up and, and able to uh, – um, it improved during the season and stuff like that, right? Like if Justin Fields gets comfortable and he gets in a rhythm, all of a sudden Luke's calling bigger and better plays and the Bears are throwing that mug downfield and his tutties everywhere. Then I said tutties. Then all of a sudden, right, it's a whole different ball game. Then, then it changes things, right? But I think it all starts with being able to call plays. And, and like I said, that's the one thing in preseason that you see. These coaches can call plays throughout a season, or throughout a preseason game, and you can be like, hey, like that was a good play call for the defense that rolled out there. That's where you feel good about it. Um, that's pretty much it for me today, guys. I appreciate y'all for tuning in and rocking with us. What do you guys think as far as uh, the Bears' win total? Do you think the Bears go over 6.9? Do you think the Bears go under 6.9? Where do you see the Bears winning games in this mug, man? Uh, we'll have this posted on the podcast page tonight, so tune in with that. It'll also be up for you tomorrow if you weren't able to listen to the entire thing. Or you can go back and watch the video. That's always fun as well. Uh, appreciate you guys for tuning in and rocking with us. As always, man, it's your boy Pat the Designer back at it again to continue watching our Chicago Bears content. Click the links in the description below or check the links or, or check the videos on the page. I was going to say check the links in the description below, but check the page as well. Hey, man, it's y'all. As always, man, y'all stay. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.